in a crude laboratory in the basement of his home. Welcome to the CEO Reader Podcast. It's your host, John Mayetta. If you like this podcast, leave us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. Starting to get somewhat back to normal around here. We completed one project here at CEO Raider that we've been working on, gearing up. Not gearing up. We're in the midst of, of number two, which is our long-form messaging application. And then the, the other thing that I continue to work on, and we may be getting closer. I've said before in this podcast, I believe the future of finance is the non-standardized information that exists around public company management teams. So how can we better get inside the heads of public company CEOs and CFOs, CEOs in particular? Because if you know how a CEO is going to behave, how they're going to think, if you can predict their behavior, you can predict company outcomes. And there's research in the public domain available to, to that end. And we may be getting close to, to naming a partner to help us with personality profiling for public company CEOs. I know once these CEOs are typed, then we could start to develop some of the IP that for the moment resides within my head. And that's around drawing correlations from personality type to financial outcomes across a number of the measures that I used to use during my equity analyst days. So that's an update on, on us. Facebook was in the news earlier this week, a management reshuffle. Zuckerberg put some of his more trusted execs, I don't want to say in charge, that won't be accurate, but he gave allocated more oversight to some of his more trusted execs. And, you know, it, it got me thinking, I've talked previously in the podcast about digital currency and, and fintech more broadly and payments more broadly and how some of the larger tech companies are well positioned for uh, establishing a, a dominant presence within the world of financial services. I can't think of anybody better positioned than, than Facebook when it comes to personal deposits, so non-commercial activity. So not commercial banking, but personal banking. It's the platform with the with the greatest reach in terms of um, in terms of having a one to one relationship with its with its end users, and they do have an offering. They have a peer to peer payments offering, and I looked at the most recent 10Q and their their payments business. If what I'm reading is correct, I don't have the time to speak with management teams anymore. That's not what we we do here. But it looks like they generated 171 million in, in revenue from their payments business in the March quarter. And given what's gone on with Cambridge Analytica, which frankly is way overblown, those of us kind of in the space have always known that our behavior as consumers is in the public domain. And I won't rehash what I've talked about in previous podcasts. But what Facebook could do is publicize all of the things that it has done in recent weeks and will continue to do around uh, locking up privacy. And I'm sure you've all received emails from Facebook and the other large tech co's and everybody else talking about how they're reviewing and updating their privacy policy, sort of a, a CYA motion for a lot of companies, a preemptive measure. Uh, but in the case of Facebook, as they roll out various uh, sort of behind the scenes uh, efforts, uh, infrastructure efforts to, to secure data, secure personal data, secure personal profile information for their user community, they ought to 
continue to make all these efforts public. Educate the consumers as to, as to why they're doing what they're doing. Maybe put out short-form videos about it. Make it sort of friendly. Make it cool. Put a little bit of money behind it. And use it as a marketing effort. Not just to drive comfort levels with consumers and in the hopes of driving increased usage and and act and, and user activity but if you're facebook and you're thinking about what services to roll out next building trust could help with that effort and i'm thinking when i'm thinking about uh, uh initiatives that that would make sense for facebook payments the the, the peer-to-peer payment functionality embedded within facebook's messenger application is it's so understated it's it's poor in my opinion Barely know it's there. Even when you're looking right at it, it, ju- it just doesn't resonate visually. I mean, there's so much more Facebook could obviously do outside of uh, peer-to-peer. But if anybody's ever going to start a de novo bank, it, it ought to be Facebook. The company knows so much about us. It could tailor personalized financial services to us better than, than any fintech company. So why not approach privacy and payments in, in lockstep? So continue to make enhancements around privacy and securing uh, personal data and maybe six months from now nine months from now 12 months from now you introduce a more robust effort around financial services if you're facebook why not take that approach it's just it's a market that's there for the taking when you think about banks and the relationships they have with consumers Banks know so much about consumers and spend habits and so forth, but the relationship that most of us have with our bank, it's just, it's not a, a personalized relationship. And or the relationships are fragmented. You have multiple depository institutions, institutions, maybe you have uh, wealth management services with another institution. Uh, maybe you trade equity and fixed income securities with another institution or institutions. Maybe you have retirement funds stored with another institution. Yeah, it's still a very much a, a fragmented, commoditized industry so i think facebook has an opportunity to to decommoditize financial services increase the level of personalization you know everything's going algorithmic and facebook's business is built on algos obviously and it's happening in financial services and i'm not talking about the movement from active actively managed funds to to etfs but just when you think about quantitative funds more specifically and it's eliminating the opportunity that some of the um, the old-fashioned and they're still around wealth managers had where they would provide white glove service for a, a spread, that could be Facebook. Facebook could simplify our financial lives, bundle a variety of services, uh, do, it with, do it with hyper-focused personalization, and in the process, decommoditize financial services, provide a personalized bundle in which they earn a pretty good fee. I think that that opportunity is there for the taking. And Facebook talks quite a bit about uh, wanting to roll out enterprise services, Facebook for Work, I believe is the initiative. I used to receive a ton of those emails. I don't receive them anymore. So I'm not sure what's going on with that initiative. Maybe they were following Google, but weren't really serious about it. I'm not sure. But maybe you approach the enterprise that way. Provide enterprise-grade uh, financial offerings for the consumer. PFM is what we used to call it when I used to cover FinTech, Personalized Financial Management. If you remember the old mint.com, which uh, Intuit acquired. So Facebook has the scale, the intellectual horsepower, the engineering horsepower to deliver modern-day PFM, PFM 2.0, PFM 3.0, like nobody else. And again, in the process, decommoditizing 
an industry that has become commoditized over the past 30 years, that being financial services. See you all next time. Mm -hmm.